This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Good morning and welcome to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. It is Friday, February the 12th, 2021, day 12 of the second month of the new year. Looking forward to today's show. We're going to have sports wrap, a little Friday focus. Talk to you about where we are with regards to South basketball and Melissa Smeltzer-Craft, the head basketball coach at Shenandoah University on the women's side, is going to be on with us today. Looking forward to talking with her. She's done a lot of great things in getting that program back to being one of the top programs in the ODAC. And I know it is a game day for her, so I know she has shoot-arounds and all kinds of other stuff going on, so squeezing us in today is really awesome. Let's first start in the world of sports. In the NBA, the Heat beat the Rockets 101 to 94. The Celtics beat the Toronto Raptors 120 to 106. The Indiana Pacers beat the Pistons 111 to 95. The Magic lose to the Warriors 111 to 105. Curry has 40 points. The Trailblazers beat the 76ers 118 to 114. On to tonight's game. The Timberwolves are in Charlotte to take on the Hornets. The Knicks are in the nation's capital to take on the Wizards. The Spurs are in Atlanta to take on the Hawks. The Pelicans are in Dallas to take on the Mavericks. The Clippers went to the Windy City to take on Chicago Bulls. The Pistons are in Boston to take on the Celtics. Oklahoma City Thunders traveled to Denver to take on the Nuggets. The Milwaukee Bucks are in Utah to take on the Jazz. The Grizzlies are at the Staples Center to take on the Lakers this evening. And the Magic are to take on the Kings in Sacramento on to college basketball. Number 20, Southern Cal beats Washington 69-54. And Purdue falls at Minnesota 71-68. Carr hits a bank shot at the buzzer to beat Purdue. Gonzaga was postponed. Illinois' Michigan was postponed. On to tonight's games. Number 6, Illinois is in Lincoln to take on Nebraska. Temple is at Cincinnati. St. Bonaventure has traveled to Richmond to take on VCU. And Georgia Tech is at Clemson this evening. That is today in Sports Friday Focus when we come back. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in... Three, two, one... Welcome back to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This is our Friday focus segment. Looking forward to talking to you about this. It's pretty simple, but it's something that we really lose sight of and don't follow all the time. Keep showing up. If no one invests in you, you better invest in yourself. If no one believes in you, you better believe in yourself. Believe in your infinite potential. Your only limitations are the ones that you truly set upon yourself. Remember, motivation lasts 48 hours. That's a temporary feeling. That's when you see or hear something that gets you really hyped up, pumped up, excited. And all of a sudden you want to grind hard and grind harder than you ever have grinded before to get that because you're motivated. But inspiration, yeah, that's that stuff that's instilled in you and makes you want to really grow as a person. Look, I'm not about false promises nor am I going to give you any false promises. So let my words motivate you. 
but let my actions inspire you, turning your dreams into your new reality. Keep showing up each day and you will accomplish what you focus on. This is our Friday Focus. Melissa Smelter Craft from Shenandoah University will be on when we come back. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. Welcome back to Never in My Wildest Dream podcast. Looking forward to my next guest. It's Coach Melissa Smelter Craft. She's a 2007 Drew University graduate, where she's the second all-time lean scorer in school history with 1,664 points. She's also a 2017 inductee into their Hall of Fame. After her career completed, she started working at Drew as a coach. From 2009 to 2011, she was at SUNY Plattsburgh, as well as Vassar College as an assistant coach. From 2011 to 2013, she was an assistant coach at the University of Rochester, where she helped the team achieve 39 wins in two years and a 2013 NCAA appearance. In August of 2013, she came to Winchester to become an assistant coach at Shenandoah. And in June of 2014, she was named the 11th head coach at Shenandoah University. One of the big highlights that we will talk about is in the 2018-19 year. They were the 8th seed. They went into Salem, and they knocked everybody off, winning the ODAC title, beating WNL. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Chad. Hey, not a problem at all. How, uh, how's the season going so far, and how has it been with COVID and all that kind of stuff? Season has been a roller coaster. Um, emotionally, this thing, I, I, there's no way to properly prepare for it. You're going to have a game. You're not going to have a game. Now we got snow on top of everything. Our game for tonight has already been canceled because of weather. Uh, hard to prepare, but really working on being grateful, mm-hmm. being excited to, to have the opportunity to play every day, staying healthy, being healthy, um, but also recognizing kids your players vibe off of you as a coach Mm -hmm. so some stuff i'm behind closed doors very stressed very anxious about what i can and cannot control and then try to walk in the gym with a billboard of happiness and grace (laughs) despite you know gray hairs coming in and uh just trying to take advantage of every single opportunity every single minute we get on the basketball court together this has felt like a sprint it usually feels like a marathon, um, but I will say this: it's February, and February basketball is February basketball, whether you had five games or, or twenty games. No, I, um, I agree with so you. So it's intense right now. We're in it. Good. Um, you know, it's funny. We started on February the sixth, and as we, uh, we were talking about before we got on the show, things have just been crazy. I mean, masks like we have to play in masks, so all my coaches have to be in masks. We can only have pods of six. And I totally agree with you. And I take notes while you talk just to kind of make sure I'm going back to things that you hit on. And you said grateful. I'm just blessed to be back in a gymnasium. The last time I was 100%. in the gym was March 1st. And that's to me, is just that's the longest I've ever been away from the game. Um, how has your team taken everything? Has this been a good bonding year for you guys? I think without the pressure of games in the fall, we were allowed to practice October 1st. And okay. instead of using weeks, we've been uh, able to use dates. So we've got, instead of 19 weeks, we've got 114 days. And every time we got out on the floor and every time we used a day, we made sure we were progressing forward. And and we were able to focus on things, maybe not scouting reports, maybe not that, that measuring stick of another team wasn't happening. 
but we were able to do other things that were more self-exploratory. Um, we read a book together over the summer and we kind of broke that down. And some of those life lessons were kind of expedited (laughs) because we had nothing else to talk about. And we're kind of like forcing conversations about playing time before we have playing time Mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So just kind of take what you're used to in a progress and a process that happens with games and you kind of, the lessons are still there and they're still happening, but maybe the order in which they happened was different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just trying to get kids more individually prepared and, and get their skill set up at the D3 level. As you know, it's really hard. You've got to make a huge commitment to the individual player as a coach. We don't get those bonus extra sessions like they, they might at different levels. And that's basically what we were able to do is, get way more individual work in that fall semester mm-hmm. and uh, lay just some foundational stuff from a team standpoint. But since January started, it's all, all about the team. Now, since January has started, you have, like you said, you've had games, you've not had games. I know I was going to say, I appreciate you coming on on a game day. You got shoot around coming up and that probably is now shifted to possibly a practice for you guys to count right. as one of your days. Um, how has the detail of your scouting reports changed? I know, like, when obviously when I coached at Shenandoah and, you know, obviously you and I talked with the men's and the women's programs about details and all that kind of stuff. Have you tried to limit what you give them now to just let them play a little bit differently, or are you taking it the same approach every single day now? That's a great question. I think it depends. Um, usually the ODEC has a nice ebb and flow of, let's say, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Saturday. Every Sunday is an off day. And now we've got days almost every day of the week, games, excuse me, almost every day of the week. We were supposed to play today, and then we were supposed to play Sunday, which hopefully still will happen. Um, So I think it depends on how much time and and, and the lead up. But um, I think the presentation to the team, we try to be fairly consistent. Um, As coaches, we try to over-prepare. We might you know, put less on their plate and and continue to do what we do. But I think at the end of the day, uh, uh, with our staff, we're trying to prepare every game similarly. So when we get to that big game, it doesn't feel any different. Um, And that's been my approach since day one, game one, uh, seven years ago here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's helped because – our ki- you know, you don't freak out when you get to that big game. You know what you're doing, and so do your kids. And you go through those process points. So, yes, some of it is a little bit different. And, you know, some teams have rolled in with less kids. The other day we played Farum. Their head coach was not here. I mean, those things are in-game adjustments just like an ankle roll would be. Absolutely. Or something like that. So I think over-preparedness is always my goal. Um, and then we also have eight freshmen. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's, you see this at the division one level, the teams with experience are doing great right now. The yes. Gonzagas, the Baylors, I'm talking about men, obviously. Yep. And then you see these young bucks that are going to go make millions and millions of dollars in the NBA struggling right now. And it's experience matters. So we've got a really good balance of experience that we're leaning on to do things consistently and teach the right way. And then we have freshmen that humble us every day by making sure we're doing the process and teaching points correctly. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, this is basketball. The games are still 40 minutes, and we still have to go out and do things the right way. 
Um, and we're also thinking about the future. We've got to lay this foundation. And we said this from the beginning as a coaching staff, if we don't teach these freshmen our system, our culture, it's going to burn us for the next three and a half years. So we've certainly focused on doing things the right way. Um, so yeah, it is different, but it isn't at the same time. It's weird. No, I mean, you mentioned eight freshmen. For my listeners, they might not completely understand that this entire year does not count against their eligibility. Am I understanding that correctly as I explain that? Is that kind of what's happening? Correct. Now, when I say freshmen, I mean true freshmen. I have eight freshmen that graduated high school virtually in the spring. Okay. Their proms were all canceled, and then they showed up here with a mask on, mm-hmm. and they are happy to be here, but also um, have a very unique experience as their first semester and now second semester in college. Oh, you know what? I can't imagine. You know, my players struggle. I mean, I've been I've been on more Zooms and Google Meets and been on more Google shared documents with my administration just cross-checking like every fine detail in the last four months because it is hard for them. I don't know how successful I would have been having to sit in front of a computer screen for basically a year now. For us, I don't know what when Shenandoah removed kids from campus or sent everybody home or whatever you want to call it, but on the 13th of March, we stepped out. So tomorrow will be 11 months that our kids have truly not been in a structure. And that's that's a lot. That's a lot on a young kid to deal with as well as try to compete and everything like that. Yeah, it's hard. I don't envy these students, um, but I think like with all good things, the, the more adaptable we are as humans, the better we're going to be. And the world is forever changed mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways we don't realize yet. Um, basketball can't be virtual, no. um, as much as we've d- digitized a lot of what we do. Um, so I'm grateful to have a job that is people first mm-hmm. and, uh, that human connectivity is my favorite part about my job. Now you said adaptable. That's pretty cool. Cause that's what I talk about with my guys. Um, the team that's going to adapt the best and roll with the punches the best is going to be the one that's most successful in our eight-game season. That's all we're getting is eight games. I've been trying to preach that to them. I'm with you on the whole smile thing, even though I got a mask on and you can't (laughs) see my face. I've just tried to be a little looser. Um, When I came back to the high school level, I brought this college mentality, and that didn't work real well because I was squeezing the turnip too tight. And now I'm kind of realizing (laughs) how kids work, and especially at my level, you know, so the happy-go-lucky I am, I mean, you're still tight about certain stuff, but the more you laugh and joke with them, the more you're going to get out of them because they know that you care in a different way than probably what they've ever had before. You, I'm laughing at you because if you're tight, God knows I'm tight because <laughs> I, I like things the way I like them. I like, and my wife makes fun of me about being a basketball coach, you know, on the clock, 38 minutes and 10 seconds, we're going to come in for warm-up, and then my speech is going to go, right? We're like, we're ridiculous as humans, us basketball coaches. We are. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard, but I agree. Um, it's about having fun and remembering to take it easy now and again. Um, yeah, that's been a challenge for me, for sure, is to, to, to know, know when to unclench my fists yeah and that's kind of fun it's funny you use that term because last year we were struggling coming out of christmas break and i just decided i had a team meeting and i had a couple kids from the dominican on my roster who had come to the united states but their most of their family was in dominican 
So mm -hmm. they spoke no English, and they're beach kids. So I said, you know what, We're gonna, I'm going to change this. So I started wearing a hat backwards, like floral shorts to practice. Like I brought a beach mentality, like this chilled, laid back, fun mentality. And we run 11 out of the last 12 games off, and, and we're rolling. And it's a blast. The gym's packed, rocking. So I have not cut my hair in 350 days. So now when I, oh, go, to yeah, when I go to practice now, it's I kind of got like my beach locks going a little bit, and the guys are giving me a hard time, but... It's still the same personality, and you can see they're feeding off of that. This, like, 100%. just chill, relaxed feeling. They're not stressed. Now, behind closed doors, yeah, I'm, I'm wound really tight. But, I, like you said, we can't be. Would you have an I think it's. I think it's just so important to also recognize, like, every single team is different. Mm -hmm. And if that's what your team needed last year, and, and it, it's going to be different this year. And I think as coaches, that's even another thing we need to observe is every single group takes on its own personality. And these kids have been affected by this COVID stuff, and we need to recognize that. We do. I mean, you know, we do. And, and I look at guys like Coach K and Roy Williams, and on the women's side, you have Stone da uh, Daly. Was it Stone Daly or something like that? Who's it, down it, it's uh, Dawn Staley. Dawn Staley. There you go. Look, I'm, you screw, I'm screwing all that up. And you, go, you got Gino, and they have adapted as the game has come along, and so did Pat Summit. And, and I think they're the coaches that are staying in the business. They're the ones that have mm -hmm. adapted as the game has changed. The physicality and athleticism has changed. And just as we look at that portion of the game, we sometimes forget that mentally the kids are adapting and changing as well. And we need to be better with that. Um, you know, you have eight freshmen, true freshmen, as you said, on your roster. How does that affect recruiting? And what do you look for when you're bringing student athletes into Shenandoah to try to become a basketball player for you? You know, I think about this almost daily, if not hour to hour um it's very interesting recruiting at the division three level it's very interesting recruiting in covid um i've i you know i haven't been out been able to get out on the road like i like and sometimes seeing those intangible qualities are, are very hard to do on film um but it, it's definitely about connection and fit and what i look for in kids is are they genuinely interested in Shenandoah University? Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel confident that I am a good ambassador of this institution and, um, you know, uh, leading our group properly. But if I can get kids to be excited about that, that's easy. Are they excited about the academics? Are they excited about the location? Are they excited about what we're building here and what we continue to do? And then do they connect with our current team and our current players? Um, we are always, always, always looking for highly motivated people. I think the other thing is, and I've been a Division three student athlete. I played two sports at Drew. I've now coached at only Division three. I truly believe in this model. And I think something about that Division three players have in common is that they're trying to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, it's about that player development piece. So, if your end goal is to come and play here, then, then that's not an end goal, right? That's not the end of it. This is just the beginning. When you walk in here to the first day of practice, it's just starting. Mm -hmm. You've got four years with me, and I'm going to work my hardest with my staff to make you the best student athlete in that next segment. 
And if you walk out of here and you leave it all on the floor, you will be satisfied. Whether you score a thousand points, become an all ODAC player, win a championship or not. Um, so we're looking for those qualities that equate to that. And so I would say a lot of our kids have been underrated coming out of high school. And even our best freshmen, our thousand point scorers, they're being humbled in practice because we're working our hardest to prepare them to be successful mm-hmm. at this level, not just be here. Right. You know, I think about kids and their signing days and how excited and proud their families are. And that's amazing. And they deserve that moment. But if they think that's the end moment, they should be actually picturing college graduation mm-hmm. with their teammates and their coaches and, and rings and banners. That's what you should be striving for is the next big goal. And that's what we really look for in kids is that they're motivated beyond that. And then, you know, I talk about the academics a lot. A couple of years ago, we had the number one GPA in the country for Division Three women's basketball. Awesome. This past fall, we had a 368 GPA with 14 people. I mean... I want to be around people that are going to make me feel dumb. I want to be around people that want to do more. Um, We have a a current woman on our team that is in her first year in the doctoral of physical therapy program here at Shenandoah. Like that's the kid I want to hang out with. I want to be around people that want to do better when they leave here and keep me motivated. And it's just so much bigger than what they realize maybe at 18. I totally agree with you. Um, I tried to have a lot of similar conversations with some of the kids that I recruited to Shenandoah and now with my guys at South that I'm trying to tell them what it's like to go to the next level. I mean, um, I had a kid last night who made his college debut, and he had five points and three rebounds in his college debut. And I cut the kid as a sophomore and as a junior because he was just a a jerk, and he was not going (laughs) to represent me in the hallway. And I humbled him, and now, you know, I get a text last night from, yo, coach, here's what my stat line, and we won, and I love you. And that, to me, is what it's all about. And 100%. And, and, and you know, and the guys that, that I coached at Shenandoah, and I know the ladies that you've coached at Shenandoah, they text you. They tell you how their life's going. They're buying a car. They're getting married. They're having kids. They got a new job. That's why I do it, and I know that's why you do it, and that's why I think – all the conversations that we had in the past were, were so much fun because we could compare stories and talk about stuff to become better at in our jobs. And, um, yeah. I, and, and I always looked up to you. I don't know if you knew that or not. I thought you've done an unbelievable job. I tried to steal a lot of the stuff that you guys did, um, you know, with warm-ups, music, and that type of stuff just to keep the environment loose uh, because it is all about connecting, and I think you've done an unbelievable job connecting with the ladies that are in your program. Well, thank you. That means a lot. That really means a lot as uh, Mr. Shenandoah himself. Uh, I appreciate that, Chad. You're, you're very welcome. So, you know, I, I was, um, as a student athlete in 2004, we lost to Methodist by seven in the USA South championship game. We made it to the title game and we lost. Had the ring kind of ripped off my finger, per se. Mm. What was it like making the run in Salem? And, you know, what was it like cutting those nets down? Yeah, I still sometimes have these daydreams back to it. And that feeling of, I would say there was probably like seven games over, I think it was like 10 to 12 days where we just finally played where I thought we should have been playing the whole year. Um, That year we played 30 games and I swear I thought we should have won 29 of them. (laughs) Um, 
The only one we shouldn't have won was to the number 10 team in the country that ended our season. And I think it was fair that they pounded us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just you just hope every year. And I, I know you would agree to, that you want to, like, you, once you feel it, you want to go back there. Mm-hmm. And I will work every day to get back to that 10 to 12-day period, I would say. It's just where you're clicking, the chemistry, the vibe, the, the mojo, and, and any jazzy words you want to use. But where you're like, I don't want this to end. It feels so good. Mm-hmm. And that, that you just almost catch a wave and you you just flow. It just goes. There's no effort. There's no work. And when that happens, it is euphoria. And, and that's basically what happened for us. And like I said, I don't think some magic dust got, got sprinkled on us. I think we just finally played where we should have been playing. And I'm sure every stubborn coach thinks that. But, you know, as we played that week, it certainly felt magical. It certainly felt almost out of body, mm-hmm. the experience. And I know there's a couple of amazing photos from, from Salem where I just look like I am like, what is happening? <laughs> this is unreal. Um, but, you know, it, it's what you, you work for in the summer is to get to that feeling um, easily, easily one of the better sports moments in my life, if not the best, I would argue to put that in the top five of my life. And that includes my children being born because the group of kids that we had just absolutely amazing. And and like I said, we hit our potential and God, that'll keep me coming back every day to work just to get back to that feeling again. And I am confident that we will get there and and do it again. Um, Cause all it takes is some elbow grease. It does. And, and to be honest with you, I followed that whole run. Um, I know, I mean, you beat Bridgewater on Tuesday night by like yep. 20. And then yeah. I was like, okay, if they can get through Guilford, um, and, and I forget his name, he, he's the head boys coach down at um, Walkersville High School. Now his daughter played for you as a point guard. Mike Mathis. There you go. I was going back and forth with Mathis, and we were talking, and, and it was just like, you know, texting, hey, good luck today. It was just kind of I stayed in, t- in contact almost more that way with the games. Then you get to yeah. Guilford, and it's like, okay, now we got Macon, who beat us by what, like like 15 or something like that, or like yeah. less than a month before, and then you go and beat them by 17. Right. And that – I just – I know what it's like to cut down a net, and um, it, it's. I'm going to use this phrase, and I don't mean it that way, but it is. It's kind of like a drug. It's it's an unbelievable oh, yeah, feeling. Um, and I keep telling my guys at the beginning of every playoffs, I have them cut a net down, um, and have them put it around their neck, and tell them it's the only necklace you never buy in a jewelry store. It's the only That's one cool. you can get, and and it's a it's a cool thing to have that around your neck and you know i think for you guys it's awesome how has that helped recruiting has it is it boosted recruiting or is it just more solidified we need ladies like this on our roster i i think um a little bit of both i think recruiting is hard no matter what mm-hmm. um you could have a stacked class and kids would say, I don't want to go there because I'm not going to play. Or you could, you could be so depleted that you, you, you have, you know, playing time to sell and kids, kids want to be an established winner, but that's where it goes back to like finding the right fit. If a kid is meant to play for you, hopefully they find you and hopefully it works. And, it, you know, and, and, you know, as well, like 
and even within that relationship, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Mm. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of nights where kids leave here, you know, cursing me out under their breath. Uh, and they, you know what? They show up the next day, though, and I don't know about it. And they work hard because even if it's despite me, they're working hard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it has helped recruiting. I think this facility that we have has helped recruiting as well. It's uh, We just had our third birthday in the Wilkins Center. Um and but you can't sleep on winning when you're at your best you got to continue to get better and the past two seasons we've won 16 games in mm-hmm. each year and uh it's not good enough you know we got to we got to keep getting better mm-hmm. there's always that goal ahead and it's about the journey to get there and get these kids being the best possible versions of themselves along the way yeah you've been fortunate to be in both locations i've only ever been in shingleton i i i've stepped foot one time in uh, Wilkins, I have not seen a game in that facility yet. I and I was hoping to get down this year, but COVID has kind of closed the doors to spectators, so I'm just able to watch it online at this point. So, yeah. Um, you stopped at a lot of places, Coach. Have you been able to pick up little tidbits at each stop that have molded you into the coach that you are today? And do you reach back out to the coaches that you worked with in the past like and bounce ideas off one another? Yeah, um, I think – Something that I have going for me right now is that I have experience under several different coaches. In addition, when I played at Drew, I actually, unfortunately, had four head coaches in four years in my playing experience, which was actually atrocious. It's awful. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Um, But what happens is you get exposure to different ideas, different philosophies, different approaches, from everything to stretching to scouting to the way you do laundry. I mean, everybody has an opinion about everything. And I think for me, especially as an assistant, learning the way I like things, but equally learning the way I didn't like things, that's important too. It's totally fair to go someplace and be a player or an assistant and say, you know, I don't like this. I just don't think it's what I would do. That's okay. Um, But then – you know, figuring out little parts of everything. And I talk about this with my players. I talk about this in a a class that I, uh, a class that I teach here at Shenandoah, you know, read a book, take away one thing from the book, one singular thing. You don't have to make the book your Bible. Take one thing from that coaching book or, you know, that podcast you listen to. Um, And then what you need to do is be yourself. So I am, me. I am who I am. And I am on this very unique journey. There will never be another person like me, not because I'm special, but just because I'm learning things the way I learn them and I'm processing them the way I process them. And um, we are all of our experiences. And even getting to interact with you, Chad, that had an impact on my coaching experience. And so what did I take from you? And so on and so forth. I I could do a better job staying in touch with my my former colleagues and head coaches, but I definitely feel like I have, I would say like a sisterhood of some female coaches that I've leaned on quite a bit, especially through COVID, especially through even becoming a parent. Um, I have two young boys. I'm married to a coach. You know, this, this is hard. You know, we need a, we need our friends and colleagues to, to be there for each other and realize that we're not in silos. We actually understand each other a heck of a lot more than we realize. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just about learning a little bit along the way from everybody you get to interact with. 
and uh, being who you are and, and processing that, all that information however you want to. You know, I, I really like all the stuff that you just said because people don't understand <clears throat> how it is to be a coach if you haven't done it. And, and you're right. When you talk about your sisterhood and, you know, you guys maybe compete within the household a little bit with her coaching and you coaching. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's all fun. But at the end of the day, we are kind of by ourselves a lot. And, and I try to explain that to people as a head coach. Everything falls on your shoulders. And then you have to disseminate it down to the people under you or you can protect them and just kind of keep taking it. But I have tried to be better at not being singular within the stuff that I do to take the load on me um, and off my assistant coaches. And one thing that you, you talked about liking and not liking, you know, one thing, Robin, and I looked, I love working for Coach Pryor at Shenandoah. He gave me an opportunity at the four-year level. Robin, I butted heads on certain things. And the one thing that he appreciated and always told me was, you make me think differently. And mm -hmm. it's because you don't agree with every little minute detail. And I have told my assistant coaches, if you don't like something, you got to tell me. Because I don't need yes men. Yes men get us nowhere. You tell me something's not working or the kid's not liking this, we got to think about that because that only makes us better at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I, I say that to my players, especially with so many freshmen right now, like, it's not about my feelings. It's not about your feelings. It's about the team's success. And sometimes we have to swallow our feelings and do what's best for the team. And that includes the coaches. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that they might not realize. And we do talk about it. They certainly don't see it, though, right? Nice. Your, your conversations with Rob were behind closed doors. Right. Those were privatized conversations because... Uh, you guys are a united front, your coaching staff. So, but we're all going through it, right? That self doubt, that up and down. But as long as the team is the end goal and what's best for that, that's that's what matters. I, I totally agree. So, I'm looking at your schedule real quick before we hop off here. You guys got Randolph in at Randolph in Lynchburg on Sunday. Is that correct? As of now, that's, yes. As, that's of, as of right now, um, I don't see any more home games. Was is Virginia Wesleyan going to be made up? You think? Yeah, so this Virginia Wesleyan game has to be made up because it was canceled because of the snow, or okay. lack thereof, but weather. Um, so yeah, we're going to try to squeeze that in maybe early next week, if not the next week after that. Um, as you may or may not know, we have uh, extensive uh, COVID vaccine clinic at, at the Wilkins Center. Didn't so we've got to manage these home games with getting people from our region vaccinated I'm, I'm walking around the wood looking around there's hundreds of people here right now getting their second dose wow. it's quite amazing to see That's awesome. so hopefully we'll be able to squeeze a game in while uh keeping the people from the northern Shenandoah valley healthy that's awesome i uh coach i know you're busy i i do appreciate your time for being on the show i wish you the best of luck i'm going to be following it and hopefully you know once the dust settles i'll be able to get back down onto campus and watch you guys play and watch you coach again Sounds good. You owe us a trip down here, Chad. I do. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. You're awesome. You're very welcome. I want to thank Coach again for being on the show. Like I said, she's extremely busy, and I know they're in the middle of the season. Games getting canceled and not canceled and, you know, practices and all that kind of stuff. And I know what it's like to sit in those shoes, and you got a million things going on, and then all of a sudden you're able to take some time away. So I really appreciate that. And if you guys have not followed any of Shenandoah's sports go to suhornets.com all the games are live streamed you'll be able to catch some really good basketball i know like i said they play on sunday down at randolph and that game will have a video feed as well that's today's show 
Looking forward to tomorrow's show as well. Going to talk a little bit more about South basketball. We're going to have Saturday support as well as sports wrap. Until then, thank you for listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast, and we will talk to you soon.